0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm having a little bit of, not technical difficulties, but computer difficulties. I'm trying to get back into the studio here. I don't even know if I'm on, Uh, but we're trying to get there. Um, We're struggling. Okay, I think I'm back on. Anybody hopefully everybody can hear me out there. Um I was trying to get the chat room to come up and uh we were having trouble with that and so uh I think we're back. Let's see if the chat room loads up. I, hopefully nobody was out there. Good. <laughs> um thanks for joining me tonight. Uh welcome to the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Lung, and thank you once again for coming this week and listening. Um great show for me. For us tonight, for you guys tonight as well, uh, we have Jim McCormick from ESPN who will be joining me. Uh, Jim and I met uh, at the Fantasy League of Experts uh, about a month ago uh, on August 29th for the Fantasy League of Experts draft that was held out in New Jersey. Jim was uh, sitting uh, very close to me. I don't know if he's right beside me. No, Pat Thorman and Jeff Ratcliffe were but, he was right there with us and uh we were having a good time drafting and uh so far I think both of us are doing pretty well in the league. I will have to uh check that as I'm talking, but uh once again, thanks for joining me here on the uh Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. And I uh, just wanted to thank uh, as always Rick Flager, Rick Briggs for uh, allowing me to be a part of their uh, great uh show, network of shows. Um just in case you don't know uh what Days, times, everybody is. Um, I'll give you the days for sure. I think everybody's around 7 o'clock, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. But once again, uh, thanks for being on, uh, and thanks for listening. Asylum uh, Fantasy Sports Network, made up of Sports Rants, Monday night with Chris Heel, Tuesday night, Asylum Sports Show with Flieger and Briggs. Wednesday night, Fantasy Pine Tar Talk, uh, Fantasy Baseball Talk, uh, with Ben Samuels, Mike Valverde. My show is, of course, here Thursday at 7 o'clock. And uh, Racing Times on Friday night with Alan and Robin. The Dynasty Dudes are on Saturday night with Russell Clay and Nathan Powell. And Sunday is the Mad Scientist, Nick Ficcarelli, uh coming to you live from the network. So once again, thanks for being a part of this. Uh, just checking, Jim McCormick is one and one. Uh, so, you yeah, know, he's right there with everybody else. There's only three teams at 2-0. And I don't like to brag, but I'm one of them at this point. Uh, so, so far so good. Um, had some... I won't say easy matchups, but I have some matchups that uh you know, I, I scored points that I could have been beaten in some games, but uh got through, so you know, gotta keep my team consistent. Um so each week I've uh scored right about that amount of points. Uh so last week uh oh they don't have this one right here. I went to the scoring, and it wasn't there. Um so last week, uh let's take a look at my scoring for the first two weeks in this league. So uh first week, um the high points was uh 140 I had 113 and uh, this past week I had 107 and uh, so I've been a little bit below of course the highest score Uh, but I feel like I've been consistent been above average uh, in the league so far so that's what I'm shooting for again trying to bring that consistency into place so um, when Jim comes on here about 715 we will certainly talk about that so once again thanks for these Thanks for joining me here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. So we're through week two. So uh we head into week three. Uh tonight uh, we have the Giants and the Redskins great uh NFC East battle. Um these are always a really good good games. Um you never know, don't ever expect that one team's that much better than the others because these games when it gets to the rivalries, uh this is uh these are always tough. So uh we'll see tonight. Uh You know what's going to happen. One of the big questions right now is Matt Jones. Matt Jones coming out of not coming out of nowhere. I mean, a lot of us knew that he had the talent. It was just the fact that Alfred Moore was ahead of him and uh, how much he was going to be used. We assumed he was just going to play backup, and that was about it. But this past week, he went off for a couple touchdowns. Looked had an amazing run at one point uh, out there, um, uh, running 39 yard run was. Yeah, I mean, look, kind of like almost Bo Jackson esque, where he uh, he's got he's a big guy, he's got the power, but he his speed just blew around the outside, and uh, he was gone. So, uh, going to be interesting to see how they use those two tonight. Um, a lot of people are like, "Well, uh, you know what? You know how's things going to work uh, for them with Morris and uh, uh, Matt Jones in the backfield?" And to be honest with you, look, it's no different than Giovanni Bernard and. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, Jimmy Bernard and Jeremy Hill, Um, you know, you can you can play two good backs at the same time. And, uh, you know, and as long as you're winning football games and controlling the clock, then, uh, you know, that certainly uh, could be a valuable thing. So uh, we'll see what Jim's thoughts are on that tonight. And uh, we'll get to that uh, here in about 10 minutes. So week one happened um after two weeks let's take a look at the consistency the quality game scores qsr quality success rate so after the first week we have uh 13 quarterbacks who are still a perfect two for two um tom brady top of the list number one ranked overall kind of a surprise number two overall is not aaron Rodgers, is not andrew luck and is not drew Brees or peyton manning it is carson palmer um been one of my favorites i have him as my backup on a lot of leagues and right now I'm looking at Dartman from some of as a pick. Um, you know, right now he's playing well, the team around him's playing well, uh, and people like Peyton Manning, Drew Bree, some of these other guys are either hurt or kind of injured or playing like they're injured. So he's looking good right now. Ben Roethlisberger, uh perfect two for two, um, fifty points and uh in third place. You know, I, I'm not gonna say that Ben Roethlisberger is not gonna continue to be a um potentially valuable quarterback but let's also remember that you know um, Le'Veon Bell's coming back this week Um, you know when he's running well just like D'Angelo Williams did in the first week um, when Le'Veon Bell is running well um, and they're winning games and they have big leads there's not as much reason for the Steelers to throw now at this point Steelers defense isn't that great so he may be throwing in some games to catch up so Certainly has the potential to be a little bit more consistent this year, but last year he was fifth in the overall total points, but only 56% in quality uh, quality game scores, quality success rate. So uh, right now I'm still not on board that he's going to be as you know as consistent as he has in the past, but no reason to believe he can't. He certainly got the talent around him. Uh, Antonio Brown is certainly the stud that everybody has said he's been and will continue to be. Um, Some big surprises, though, at number four and number five overall. Um, Rookie Marcus Mariota had uh, another quality game this week against the Browns. Not as good a game as he had in week one, where he threw for four touchdowns, but still earned a quality game and is now fourth in overall total points. Uh, So that's surprising for a rookie to be that high right here at the beginning of the season. But on the other hand, let's be honest, they didn't play really anybody that good. Uh, You know, they play Tampa Bay, who's, not that strong, even though I know they beat the Saints uh, and they played the Browns. So need I say more? Uh, number f- number five overall at quarterback right now in total points and a perfect two for two in quality games. Tyrod Taylor at uh, a Buffalo right now. Kind of a surprise, but, you know, we'll see how it continues to play out. Um, he's got the feet. He can he can make make things happen on, on the ground uh, with running his running style. So we'll see how they continue. I mean, right now the Buffalo offense is is looking pretty good. Uh, Put up a lot of points against the Patriots. Uh, They lost, but they put up a lot of points against them. So uh, we'll see if that continues uh, this week as Buffalo goes at Miami. So first two games they've been at home, played well against New and New England. So going down to Miami, Miami hasn't looked that great early on this year. Um but this is the you know, this is gonna be a home game for them. This is their first home game. They played the first two weeks away. So we'll see if uh the sun of uh Sun Sunshine in Miami gives them a little more uh strength this week to kinda look like the team. A lot of people thought Lamar Miller's not looking good, uh Tannehill is doing okay. Uh Jarvis Landry is about the only valuable uh player right now in Miami. He's looked great, uh, as expected and one of my favorites on a lot of my teams, so Fifth place uh, is uh, – yeah, or sorry, yeah. sixth place is Aaron Rodgers, two for two. Uh, nothing great. Um, obviously, lots of injuries there to deal with. Eddie Lacy went down this past week too. So, you know, he's kind of carrying the team a little bit. So we'll see. Um, Phillip Rivers, two for two as well. Eighth overall, Andy Dalton, two for two. Uh, ninth overall, kind of a surprise. Uh, Andy Dalton's not one to be overly consistent. But, you know, again – uh, you know, he's playing, playing, has some good weapons around him. AJ Green uh, and some of those folks, um, Marvin Jones, uh, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Jeremy Hill, etc. cetera. 10th uh, place, Russell Wilson, two, and two, two for two as well. Uh, Matt Ryan, I'm sorry, 11th place is Ryan Tannehill, but only one for two in quality games. By the way, 7th place, Cam Newton, but only one for two in quality games. Uh, Matt Ryan, two for two. Matthew Stafford, two for two. Uh, and that kind of rounds it out. So, um, all these guys so far, perfect so far for the season. So looking pretty good, um, at, at, quarterback, uh, some of the guys who I think are surprising on a bad way, Andrew Luck, uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, hasn't looked that great so far this year. Uh, as you notice, he's, he's not in the two for two. Um, so he's, uh, he's struggling quite a bit this year and, uh, has uh, been a problem for some, including myself. So, you know, there's just things that uh, we're kind of just waiting for that to work out. And I, I think they'll all be okay. Um, obviously there's some injury concerns right now, for, uh, in, uh, for Drew Brees as well as, uh, Peyton or not Peyton Manning, but as well as, uh, yeah, Drew Brees and, uh, and Peyton, you know, we're still not sure if Peyton's a hundred percent. So we'll see. Um, but uh, you know uh, Sam Bradford, uh, he's got one quality game, but barely, and uh, you know it just hasn't looked that good. The offensive line has looked horrible for the Eagles. Uh, there's a lot of concern there right now that uh, Bradford's not getting the time. Um, as you noticed, the Demarco Murray surprisingly has two quality games, uh, and we'll get to the running backs here in a minute. But it's been mostly because he scored touchdowns. Has nothing to do with his running. Uh, it's been either his pass receiving in a PPR league, uh, the catches and runs, or basically scoring touchdowns. So uh, not looking good so far. But anyway, the quarterback, again, uh, most of the guys that we would want to see, you think you'd see up there, Breeze, Luck, Manning, et cetera, uh, are not up there, perfect two for two. Um, been struggling early on this year. Uh, certainly a good reason why, you know, you wanted, hopefully you grabbed a second quarterback, a good solid second quarterback, Uh, Like a Carson Palmer, maybe like a Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, uh, Andy Dalton, Russell, or not Russell Wilson, uh, Stafford, one of those kind of guys as your backup and and be able to rely on them while these other guys get in place, uh, get their act together. So that's a look at the quarterbacks. Um, So I think I'll just stay on the quarterbacks here just for a few more minutes while we wait for Jim McCormick of ESPN to come on, uh, just talking a little bit about them. James Winston has looked pretty good so far. He's 15th in total points, so he's not top QB one level, but still not bad for a rookie. Again, he's ahead of a lot of guys uh, in total points that you would think would would not be he not would not be ahead like Breeze Luck um, and those guys. And again, I think part of the problem both Indianapolis, New Orleans, Denver, Philadelphia, is the offensive line. I mean, a lot of people just, especially fantasy owners, usually don't give a lot of credit to that offensive line and how good it is and how well it gels together, how well it pass blocks. Uh, that means a lot to these guys. These, you know, any quarterback or most NFL quarterbacks should be able to stand in a pocket for you know a good amount of time and complete a pass. And, and I don't care if you're Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, or Jameis Winston. If you don't get a lot of time, you're going to struggle. I, it's just plain and simple logic. So right now, those offensive lines are not looking good uh, for these teams, and it's and it's help and it's hurting these quarterbacks quite a bit. So hopefully they will gel together. Uh, these teams will start getting their act together offensive line wise, and you'll start seeing some improved performances and a more consistent performance out of those guys this year. Um, I think again, I think another uh, surprise, uh, especially in week two, uh, was was the kind of breakout of Derek Carr uh he earned uh his first quality game of the year ended up third for the week with 30 points almost 31 points and uh you know I think the Raiders can really do fairly well offensively uh this year. I mean they did it against the Ravens. I mean that's no easy task, but I realize the Ravens are not the Ravens of 2002, but they're still the Baltimore Ravens and they're still going to bring a, a solid defense no matter what happens. So I I I think Seen Derek Carr break out this week. Uh, T- Tyrod Taylor was second overall, so again, you know he uh, brings a, brings a lot of uh, movement to the game. Uh, he can move with his feet. He can get a lot of those fantasy points on the ground. That never hurts. Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick had a big week as well. Uh, still one for two in quality games, but nice to see him come back and and be strong uh, for them. Uh, like I said, uh, Carson Palmer with his second one. Uh, Peyton Manning with his first quality game of the year ended up 13th for the week. So good to see him back on track. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater earned a quality game this week, so his first. So uh, nice to see him chip in there as well. Uh, like I said, on the bad side, Andrew Luck only 15 points this week. Sam Bradford only 14 points. Uh, Tony Romo, of course, uh, got hurt. So that that was a you know. The reason why he didn't earn a quality game, same with Jake Cutler. So both of those guys are out. Uh, Romo's out for a while. Uh, Cutler may be back in a couple weeks. But, uh, again, all of those guys. And then we're still kind of waiting on the news for uh, Drew Brees. Um, I'm hoping that when Jim gets on, we can kind of ask him what insight that he's heard about breathe. I know that right now they're just not letting him do anything. He's just resting, and hopefully by Friday, he'll be able to throw and have a good idea whether or not he's going to be able to start on this weekend. Now, the question is, is how effective he's going to be. I mean, this week, they're going into Carolina, which is no easy uh, task. We'll do a lot of blitzing. If that offensive line doesn't hold him up, uh, he's going to be in for a long day, and we might see uh, him coming out a lot sooner than that. So, All right, we're going to go to the phones, and I think Mr. McCormick is on the line. Jim?
1: You guys hear me? Yeah. Jim, you out there. Do you hear me okay? Is that any better? I I hear you. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah,
0: how's it going, guys? Good, good. you hear me okay?
1: I do. I do.
0: All right. Well, folks, I just want to welcome uh, Jim McCormick from ESPN, uh, my fantasy league of expert uh, friend and almost neighbor at the draft table. Uh, Jim, welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh obviously you're with ESPN, but tell us a little bit about uh what you do for them and uh your Twitter and all that kind of stuff so people can jump out to, to uh Twitter and follow you and, and uh email you any questions after the after the show.
1: Sure. Um well first off, thanks for having me. Second off, um I've been with ESPN since two thousand seven. Um basically I go back with Matt Barry before the ESPN days. I was with him at TalentedMrRoto.com, which is a site right. of some of the more some of the more old school you know That would be me. Uh, some of the more old school <laughs> yeah. fantasy heads of us, you know, recognize right. you know, um right. that site back then and I basically got started just like everybody else, um pretty much in this industry. I just was an avid player and really had a passion for it. Um dedicated a lot of my time to it obviously. Uh and you know, eventually got, got, you know, down with kind of the right guy, the right people and was able to continue to work. And then um, I've spent a couple of years with ESPN as the high school football editor there um, in a different capacity, non-fantasy. And then I've spent a couple of years covering the Phillies locally in Philadelphia here. So, um, but mostly I just love fantasy, just like everybody else to tell you the truth. And um, that league, I'm with you. uh, I'm in several leagues with you, but the flex league, I think what's, What's so telling is that, like, I have the team of, in, like, I, like I have the t- the frustrating fantasy team of this year to tell the story. I mean, I, my my top three receivers are Alshon Jeffrey, Des Bryant, and Eric Decker. So, Ouch. You know, but but it's also it's the it's it's how you have to recover and like some of right. the best fantasy seasons kind of come from these kind of moments.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was talking a little bit about uh, the quarterbacks uh, before you came on where uh, the consistent quarterback so far this year and um, the ones who aren't the ones who aren't obviously the ones that have been injured or are playing like they're injured. Um, you know, this week now we're down, you know, we've lost Tony Romo. Now Cutler's out for a while. Drew Brees could be out for a while. Um, you know, they're just dropping like flies and you know um, as, as we always have been throwing out the jokes about Jake Seeley um, getting only one quarterback and he got it very late in Colin Kaepernick. Um You know, he, I don't know if you saw today, he uh, got on the waiver wire, and picked up Derek Carr. Um, but you know, all of us, I mean, I drafted Peyton Manning I was excited to get him in the seventh round. I've already benched him and I have Carson Palmer starting because he's number two in the league in quarterback. So, you know, having a second strong quarterback in my opinion can never hurt because you just don't know. This is a league of injuries and quarterbacks are the ones that are going to get, you know, blasted the most. But, uh, you know, right now, you know, it's just trying to keep people healthy and keep your team healthy. Uh, you can't do, you know, consistency can't win you. Leave your You're all getting hurt. Um, but as you know, having good depth uh, certainly is, makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the idea of, of like, embracing the variance of the whole thing, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of elements that we can't control in this game, but the one thing that we can best control is is options and depth and having alter- alternative, like, cause we stare at our teams right when we draft them and we hope it all works out, but we know, I mean, like I said, that team that I have in that league, I'm already going to have to, you know, take a different approach. I have a guy like Carlos Hyde. And if he has another big game, I really have to consider trading him, you know, that kind right.
0: of right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, uh, you know, I, my team so far has done well, it's two and O, um, my points have been fairly consistent, which is why I think I'm there. Um, you know, but you know, you're, I, there's teams that have scored a lot more points than me. Poor, uh, Jim Day, he's scored 210. Um, that's only nine less than me for the year. And yet he's 0 and 2 and I'm 2 and 0. So, you, you know, there is a little bit of a factor of luck, but again, having one big week and, and one down week certainly will, will kill you. Um, but you know, it's a long year. It's only week two. I mean, I, as I put in all my articles right now, the last paragraph is two weeks does not consistency make. So, you know, people jumping all over, you know, the various hot guys, you know, and going, "Oh my gosh, I need him!" You know, I've already—I I don't know about you, but I've already got tons of trade questions. Should I trade, you know, this guy for this guy? And I'm like, I, you know, I, you know, and one really hot guy after week two, let's say like a, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor. Should I go trade for Tyrod Taylor um, and, and trade away Peyton Manning because right now Killer's third overall and Manning is twentieth. Um, you know, and you're sitting there going, really? Are you asking me this question? (laughs) But that's how people panic. You, you, I'm sure you, you see it a lot more from people than I do because you're in a much bigger limelight, but uh, it's, it's amazing, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, panic sets in early. I mean, as much as we preach sample size, you know what, so let's say most leagues are 13 weeks. So this is, you know, regular season weeks in terms of fantasy. We can't guarantee anything more than that. So this is 15% of the season so far, you know, and if this were, you know, baseball, you know, there'd be, there'd be, there'd be more patience applied, you know, because we would right. understand, we would understand that there's kind of ebbs and flows and there's factors that, you know, there's and but we we kind of don't apply that same kind of idea to, to to football players. Not to say that you can't predict a slump in football in the same sense of baseball. What I mean is, we can't predict, like, the stuff that's kind of limited some players, you know, like game flow. Right. You know, like, like like some teams, if their game script doesn't allow them to run a lot, maybe we don't know yet if, if Amir Abdullah will actually be, you know, a valuable, you know, get a valuable share of that offense. Right now he's a guy who, after one week, people are, are all high on him. And now, right. you know, a, a second game, he, he gets very little usage. And now, you know, like you said, the, the market kind of panics on people and reacts very recently to the biases of the, of the last game, and I think as managers we can kind of try to use that a little bit to our advantage. If we if, if if we are the ones who kind of know that it's a longer sample and you kind of have to ride the balance of the season out, you can go mm-hmm. ahead and try to get yourself a Jeremy Hill right now. I bet the Jeremy Hill owner is pretty panicked.
0: Oh yeah, no, I already got one of those questions. Somebody somebody had uh, Jeremy Hill. Um and uh, you know um, he was already asking me if he should trade Jeremy Hill off for I forget who it was like I I, I don't remember it might have been Matt Danny Jones or something. right yeah, yeah or Danny Woodhead or something like that And I'm like uh, you know I I think I'd hold on I mean he got benched because he fumbled twice you know Marvin Lewis is that kind of guy you know he's old school but that doesn't mean they gave up on him for the season so don't don't be you know, jumping and again he was jumping on the Matt Jones bandwagon, right. which a lot of people have been. Now luckily I have him as my backup on a lot of players and I'm gonna play him in some leagues this week just to see because I really feel like um they've got it figured out maybe in Washington. Like they're seeing that the Bengals can do Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard and maybe Washington can do Alfred Morris, Matt Jones and be successful. They beat the Rams with that that scenario, not rely so much on Kirk Cousins. I think it's a brilliant plan. Um, so it's, if it, yeah, it, it was, works well, again well, tonight well. against the giants, then I think, uh, you know, it'll continue to be successful, but
1: no, I agree. But, you know, and one of the, but like, that's one of these moments where
0: like, you know,
1: Matt Jones might, unless he gets the job completely, I think game flow wise, we can't predict this kind of stuff, but I don't think there's going to be so many games this season where the Rams are giving 45, or, I mean the Rams, the Redskins are splitting up 45 to 50 carries between their backs. So, right. It, it like right. it's almost like this next sample is going to be really interesting. Tonight's so interesting for Matt Jones. I mean,
0: oh, absolutely. Makes, oh yeah, that's
1: what makes fantasy so fun. I mean, not right. I'm a I'm a junkie anyway, so I would just watch an, an NFC East game just to watch it because of the history right. of these two teams. But oh
0: yeah, no, this is a great game regardless of these, but players you know, on let's the field.
1: These, these aren't two contenders. These aren't two of the better teams in the league playing. But I'm cap. We're both we're, we're both captivated by you know a third round you know running back from Florida tonight.
0: yeah well that's what fantasy does to us you know that it's the uh hot model of the week and uh everybody wants to see her quote see quote see her you know out on the field and you know did i make the right call i started him this week i had him on my bench you know i put him in my flex spot and benched you know some other guy and you know man if he just has you know a really good game again then you know it is it's it's uh it's a crazy addiction that uh, I've been at for almost 30 years, so I get it. Um, so I know we don't have a lot of time. I know you got to get out of here about 7.45 tonight. So let's just kind of – I'm just going to throw out some names and, and kind of sure. just what are your thoughts. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about Matt Jones. He was one of the guys on my list. Um, but let's talk about Danny Woodhead. Um, PPR format, sixth in total points, two for two in quality games, so he's been consistent. Um, he's always been one of my favorite guys. I have him in almost every league I was in. I'm in. Um, he's playing either um, second running back or flex for me in those leagues. Um, yeah, do you think he continues? I mean, it just seems like Philip Rivers and the Chargers love to put him in the backfield within the five, especially within the ten, where then he can either go out for a pass or take one, take a draw up the middle. Uh, I don't see that changing. Do you?
1: You know, I don't. I mean, I do see Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon actually, I think what happens in fantasy is that when we compare two players, especially in the same team, that almost someone has to, like, kind of win out, like, who's better or who's better positioned. They're both kind of well-positioned, but in terms of actual fantasy usage, meaning, like, I think Melvin Gordon can really help the Chargers this year as, like, an 80, 90-yard early down back, Mm -hmm. but – Danny Woodhead is just like, like you said, he's being given such a valuable share of the usage and it doesn't seem fluky because he like, you know, the, 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 the invoke thing in the NFL right now, and it's not to just to, to thank Chip Kelly. I think it speaks a lot more to like kind of what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have actually been able to do, which is effectively run that no huddle and put the defense on its heels. Right. And Phillip Rivers is a maestro at this. And, for him to operate, that he relies on Woodhead in that setup, and right. like for example, this last game against Cincinnati, you know what? Going into the fourth quarter, Woodhead had like thirty-four total yards, but he mm-hmm. was basically this monster, this PPR monster. And in PPR, one drive for Danny Woodhead is like the equivalent of a touchdown because he'll get oh, four exactly. catches, he'll mm-hmm. get four catches for thirty-five yards, and then all of a sudden you look up and the guy is a hundred yards. I, I agree with you. I think it's sustainable. I don't think the number six PPR guy is sustainable because right. I don't think we're going to see multiple touchdowns very often. But he, he was but,
0: what you I mean, know. a point, though, he was,
1: he was number twelve overall in PPR. You know, a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, two years. Was, I was just going to
0: say that two years ago he was twelve in PPR. So being six before, is a little but, high. I get but, it, but being in the top fifteen is certainly not an out of the question because he did it two years ago um, when they had Ryan Matthews there healthy. So. It certainly can be done. And Melvin Gordon, like you said, is, is actually two for two in quality games as well. He's, his points are not as high. He's just been basically eking by each week, getting about that 10, 11 points. Right. But it's been enough that, you know, so just like Giovanni well, Bernard perfect. and Jeremy Hill can be successful in fantasy points, because of the, especially in PPR, because Bernard gets the PPR points, Hill gets the touchdowns. I think Woodhead and Gordon can still be successful uh, and won't kill each other um, like some other teams might, like a Matt Jones and a in and a, and a Morris, where they're kind of the same back. Um, they may have a problem with that, but I don't think those two as well. So, um, so good point, um, and 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 I agree a hundred percent. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles now. Demarco <laughs> Murray, believe it or not, is thirteenth in total points in a PPR format. As badly as he's ran the ball, he's at least scored enough touchdowns and got enough catches and receiving yards to be a viable PPR back in the first two weeks, regardless of how bad the Eagles have played. This team's got to get better and and gel better and move the ball better. Or is that offensive line just too bad to sustain this team from getting killed uh, at the, uh, on the offensive line every week?
1: No, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you, you, I think you're, there's at least going to be some sort of regression to the mean in terms of, You know, between Peters, you know, Lane Johnson and Kelsey alone, there's enough talent on that line to like, I think right now, schematically, there's something, there's a real flaw, you know, and there's a lot of cohesion flaws, too. I think, um, I forget who it was, somebody came on the radio, it might have been Jamie Dukes, but there was somebody on the local radio in Philadelphia that basically broke it down and said that the way the Chip Kelly system works is, it asks for so many one-on-one matchups with the linemen that they have to win. There's not a whole lot of group blocking schemes, and basically, it really isolates kind of your worst. Just, just as much as it helps your best players win their one-on-one matchups, it really isolates your worst. You know, and I just think mm-hmm. the the gap. Their guards are so bad right now. So, to really answer your question, I do think they kind of regress to the mean, but it's hard for me to imagine them becoming one of the upper echelon teams. But to speak to the Demarco Murray thing you know, let, let's, just, let's just ignore the hamstring thing right now and just say that he's playing. I kind of agree with you that, like, there's enough catches there to sustain him. People forget in the mix of how awesome his whole year was. He had 50 catches last year. I think he mm-hmm. caught, like, 94, 94% of his targets. He's a really good receiving right. back. He's, be, he's a better yeah. receiving back than Sean McCoy.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And while they use Darren Sproles certainly quite a bit when on the third down, on second down, Murray can certainly be a good back out of the backfield. And like you said, uh, he's gotten enough points, uh, fantasy or uh, PPR points to uh, at least squeak by and and been a solid uh, scenario. Um, Let's go to the bad side of running backs and talk about a couple guys and and give me your thoughts on whether or not they're going to kind of get themselves back into the uh, fantasy relevancy again. One of them was actually one of my favorite players from last year and I was really high on the preseason. And I still am. I'm not exactly sure what's going on in Miami, but that's Lamar Miller. Um, you know, he's over two, he's ranked 39th in total points, just hasn't really been getting, getting going uh, that offense in general, outside of Jar- Jarvis Landry really hasn't been going. Uh, what is up with Lamar Miller and do you see him getting back into the flow and, and being a positive uh, uh, provider for fantasy owners?
1: You know, I haven't gone back and watched the the Jacksonville game yet. I I probably plan to do that before Sunday, but I did watch the Washington game the the week one. And, you know, Washington, as we'll probably watch tonight, especially with the Giants' backfield, you know, they're a pretty respectable front seven versus the run. So it's kind of – I think it wasn't the easiest sample, but I think the thing with Lamar Miller is still the same thing that even played them last year is that they rarely – he's kind of a – he's a five-yard per carry back, but he's not – He's not really a consistent rusher. He's a lot of two, three, two, two, three, and then he can bust, you know, a 15, 20-yard run. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't think laser, and I don't think that offense gives him enough volume, to be honest, even just like series to series. If you watch them play, they don't allow him to get into a lot of rhythm, and I think that's a little bit of the issue. I don't think he's used exactly properly. At the same time, you know, he's one of these guys who might be a buy low. Like, we might be overreacting because that's that's actually a pretty good offense. And really, I just think that once they figure out who who the guys on the outside are, like if Devontae Parker and stuff like that can step up, I think there's more to that offense than I guess we're seeing so far, wouldn't you think? I mean, there's enough around I, there. I would
0: agree, yeah, yeah. Because um, passing-wise, that's a good segue as we're going to lead into the wide receivers. I mean, um, Jor- or, um, sorry, Jarvis Landry um, is two for two in quality games, has had two – very solid games first week, but in a surprising way, R- Richard Matthews, who I'd never even heard of until he got his first one for Miami is uh, not far behind Jarvis Landry in, in ranking uh total points and is also two for two. So who is Richard Matthews and should we be excited about getting him off the waiver wire? And is he going to continue to be the number two wide receiver opposite of Landry for the rest of the year or, Parker going to come back. Is Greg Jennings going to take over? I mean, it seems like Matthews is certainly loved uh, by Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah, no, he's a volume guy so far. It's funny you say that because I do the AFC kind of projection blurbs for ESPN. So those little like player cards you see, and mm-hmm. you know, Rashard Matthews just recently entered my spell check. You know, like, so <laughs> it's, it's R I S. You know, I had to learn right, that. right, so, right, exactly. But, um, you know what I think it is like he just got about seventy three or seventy five percent of the snaps, I believe this last game, which doesn't tell you too much because he's getting targeted a lot when he's out there and he's not really out there mm-hmm. on a lot of these you know blocking sets. you know, I think for right now, Rashad Matthews is a guy that I would ride in p p r um at the mm-hmm. same time, if there was any sort of buyer, he's kind of the type of guy that right now I would combine in a deal he's like he's like a sweetener he's the perfect kind of sweetener type caliber guy because mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think the, I think eventually you're going to see Devonte Parker take more a share. I have no idea what's going on with Kenny Stills. I think he's a better receiver than this, but he's been banged up himself. So, right. I don't know. I, I actually would try to sell on Rashard Matthews if, if anybody would bite. If you could throw like him, and I don't know Jordan Reed together to get like Travis Kelsey or something, try to upsell. Right,
0: right. No, I agree. And, and like you said. He, he's certainly up there, and he's certainly probably a, uh, you know, everybody's grabbing him off the waiver wire and, you know, thinking that, uh, you know, they've got the uh, second coming of, uh, you know, Mark Clayton or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I I don't see it either. But uh, there are some other wide receivers that are surprisingly in the, let's say, top 20 here ranking-wise. Um, one of them is Travis Benjamin. Uh, The last time I remember using the phrase, a good Cleveland fantasy guy, I I think my kids were just being born 20 years ago. Um, (laughs) Here he is, ranked fifth in total points, had a good week the first week. In fact, I was shocked to see how many leagues, I mean, I'm in 17, but how many of those leagues Benjamin was still sitting on the waiver wire when I went to pick him up here after week two. So that <laughs> it tells me there is no love for Cleveland players. One good week, nah, we don't want them. Um, but now after two weeks, and he's fifth in total points in wide receiver in a PPR, and if you're in a league that takes uh, any return yards and touchdowns into consideration, he might be close to number one. Um, you know, he's been big, and, and I don't see it slowing down. I, they really like him. He's got the speedy. He seems to get open. The Browns are always playing from behind. Uh, I think from a PPR standpoint, this guy might continue to be fairly consistent. Do you agree?
1: Well, I mean, I I, I think the the, the lack of consistency we might find from behind center could be an issue, but I don't know if, I mean, if anything, Josh McCown, you would suspect can can complete more than eight passes. So I actually think like, (laughs) you know, I think if there was this like kind of, you know, this, this push, especially on Twitter, where people like to have fun with stuff, you know, to have Johnny be the guy. I think for fantasy purposes, if you have any shares of Benjamin, you're gonna you're gonna want McCown because really, don't you want the if the guy's a playmaker like we're seeing so far, you want the ball in his hands more. And if anything right. with Johnny, there's less opportunity, you know. So right, if, if, if you know, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if consistency is gonna develop yet. I can't say that because the market's – It's only two games.
0: I realize, here. yeah.
1: The market's kind of screaming aberration right now, but at the same time, it's almost like the David Johnson thing. Smaller scale, this guy's getting more touches, but if a guy keeps scoring with his touches, at what point does it stop becoming an aberration, right? Like, if he does it again this week, when does does it become real? Because at some point, like, I think you're right. I think there's still even 12-team leagues that that basically don't even have him owned right now, like today.
0: Right. Yeah, which is surprising. I mean, uh, like I said, I was surprised how many were I could actually even put in a bid for him. Um, You know, so that, that, you know, after week one, I thought, Oh, people will will jump on him because everybody's trying to grab everybody's trying to grab him, But so some
1: of it might also be that, that like, there's that weird mentality that a lot of managers have. And it's not weird. I'm not saying, but, but like where people don't really even want to cut bait just because they drafted a guy, it's kind of arbitrary, but like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like there's a guy in my league that probably has Michael Floyd on his team, but he doesn't want to add Travis Benjamin. You know what I mean? Like, There's like this mentality of reputation that I think it's almost more helpful in my opinion, to treat the last spot of your like roster as a fluid kind of see what happens spot rather than just sticking with one of those like Michael Floyd corpse type dudes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I I know I've seen some teams that still have like Brandon LaFell on their bench and I'm like, you know, talking back to week nine, if that. I mean, (laughs) um, like, Another guy that's Kenny on there that's Kenny Greg been... will not be helping you. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, obviously, I think one of the bigger surprises so far through the first two weeks, other than how other than how bad Andrew Luck has been, you hear me echoing? You hear me echoing? You hear me echoing? No, you sound you sound good. Okay, because I'm echoing to myself echoing here. So. Myself
1: here. Okay. Um,
0: uh, but the guy who the guy has who been surprising that is surprising, the that is number, the one, number fantasy 1 fantasy fever for Indianapolis, Indianapolis is Donte White and not Hilton TY Hilton no, I mean, I know injuries are I coming into play, play, but does he continue does, to be does, successful, does he successful even when Ty Hilton and Andre Johnson? And we don't Andre know. Going we don't know. He doesn't seem to be able to get open. What do you think on Moncrief? What do you think on so. Moncrief? A good flex starter for most teams.
1: Yeah, no. See, this is one that I actually am buying. Like, if I'm if I'm kind of thinking, I think Travis Benjamin's going to give you a lot of goose eggs, and kind of, I think Benjamin might trend more like a low end Deshaun Jackson type or Vincent Mm -hmm. Jackson type. Whereas I think this guy could really turn into something because his route tree is pretty strong. He's not just running seam routes like, or he's doing a lot of short stuff that you would almost expect the playbook. Like when you watch the tape again, that you would almost expect like the Andre Johnson stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the repeatable really like trustworthy, like, you know, the slants and little digs that, that, that that basically help move the chain. I think right right now, he, I think Moncrief could actually be Lux chain mover, you know, and I think that's a really valuable role because I think we're finding out that last year wasn't an aberration. It was a real trend with Andre Johnson because as much as we talk about his bad quarterback play, DeAndre Hopkins was a top 15 receiver last year, you know, right. and, and Andre Johnson had 145 targets last year. I, I'm sorry to say it, but I just think he's done, and I think if anybody could move him for anything, I would do it. I think Dante Moncrief is a, tw- a top 25 receiver.
0: Okay. All right, cool. All right, I know we don't have a lot of time left. we got about four or five minutes for you. Let's move into – I
1: can go until eight if you want, if that works. Oh,
0: awesome. Okay. Well, then let's, uh, let's take a couple more minutes with uh, a couple of these other wide receivers. Let's go sure. to the uh, bad side of wide receivers and some guys that just – aren't doing aren't what we expected and we won't even focus won't on hilton because, because we know he's been kind of hurt, kinda hurt. Um, um but uh let's uh, talk about guys like like and in new orleans
1: uh, in
0: new orleans that is kind of a messy, situation. Kind of a messy situation. situation right now mark ingrams is, is, guy but guy, brandon but, cook's Brandon, Brandon Cook Breeze uh, and uh, basically Brees, everybody in the past everybody in the past not looking good. good. Not Is looking there, good. there, any, Is hope? there any hope now we, now, we that breeze, now that we, we know that breeze, not breeze might, might not be back this week?
1: I mean it's it like you said, it's pretty gloomy. I mean, like uh it was funny when, when Luke McCown had that Verizon commercial. It's not as funny as Oh, when I, Luke I laughed was my started. ass
0: off when I I thought of that. That was the first thing I thought of when he went down.
1: I mean when I said what I put on Twitter that night I said, you know, the it was that new, it was the first night, that New England game, and I said, uh, you know, what I learned tonight was that Luke McCown has a wonderful publicist because, you know, that's just the – Or Verizon really does. Yeah, exactly. It's really impressive. But, you know, you know what? Uh, the thing with Cooks is that it's not that much different than actually what happened to him last year. Like, if you look at last year, a lot of his games were, you know, when even when he got volume, it was like seven catches for 81 yards. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of pop. He – He was getting the ball at the line of scrimmage every – you know, like, it was all line of scrimmage kind of passes. It seems like that's still kind of the usage he's getting. You know, it's like – it's kind of weird. The market this offseason was saying Jarvis Landry's usage is too conservative for him to be really – have it upside. But then Brandon Cooks basically has the same exact usage profile, meaning just a ton of short targets. (laughs) Right. Right? And
0: Landry's been fine and Cooks hasn't, so.
1: Yeah, but seriously, it was the same story – like meaning right. this guy basically thrives off of seven to 10 targets that are within five yards of the line of scrimmage, except the one guy's a playmaker and the other guy's really struggling, even with breeze. No, you know, cooks, you just have to hold on to cooks. You can't really do anything. You just have to hold on because right. at some point you have to see what's happening with breeze, because if the breeze things falls apart, then like you said, it's almost like all shares of the saints seem kind of sour.
0: Right. Unless Verizon and Luke McCallum pull some strings. Exactly. And get some things done. Um
1: yeah, and, we'll, and we'll have multiple McCowns starting in the NFL, which is just <laughs> Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When do when do the Saints and the Browns, the Browns play each other? You know. Um that'll be a big week for Verizon and the McCown family. Um Devontae Adams, I know we actually had the discussion I think during the draft, uh because you went, I think, in the third or fourth round. Um is
1: Is the problem
0: with Devontae Adams James Jones up? up, Or is it just Devontae Adams not getting the the
1: targets? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, in terms of we kind of expected James – I mean, like uh, we kind of expected Adams to assume a certain percentage of the value that that Jordy left on the board, which is Mm -hmm. something we kind of do a little bit. I think we do – it's not lazy analysis. We all do it. It's kind of natural, but it's kind of like – it's not really how it works, right? <laughs> like, like right. Devonte Adams doesn't just automatically get sixty-five percent of what Jordy can do. I think the problem with, with Adams is that even dating back to last year, he's got one of the most efficient quarterbacks on the planet, and, and yet his his actual like yards per target and his like success per target isn't that impressive. So, I, I wonder if like, by the end of the year, like Ty Montgomery is not out snapping this guy.
0: Yeah, I just, that, I just don't know
1: how – I mean, and I'm not trying to be super negative about the guy. It's just that there hasn't really been even a big game or a big play that really reminds me of why he continues to get – or why should he get 25% of Aaron Rodgers' targets when – I mean, what's that crazy stat about James Jones? Now he has 21 touchdowns in 25 games with Aaron Rodgers?
0: Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't read that. That's – that's yeah, it's that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> obviously there's, there's also, a like, uh, you know like Des a Bryant. connection that's
1: what Des does. Yeah.
0: yeah all right i'm going to go back to one more receiver real quick and we're going to go back to the good side, the, good side. the question, the question is, is does larry fitzgerald does larry continue, continue their consistency continue. i'm not assuming he's going to have assuming. every week but would he continue to be a consistent target and favorite of Carson Palmer Palmer. I say yes yes. Uh, he was when he when Palmer was healthy any reason for it not to continue continue?
1: I mean honestly like the sample is only growing right I mean in terms of going back to just let's just let's just slice it from last year to now we have what like nine games and he's probably I don't I didn't I haven't pulled the numbers I know last year he was basically like you know, on pace for, I think the thing last year, the only thing that held Barry back last year was he had like one touchdown on like 12 red zone targets. We knew that would correct. Right. And otherwise he was kind of a wide receiver, high end wide receiver two last year with Carson. It's just people forget, right. forget that because of how gross that all got. Right. Cause it went from Carson right. to like, to Ryan Lindley. It got really kind of disgusting pretty quickly.
0: Um, yeah. There was points where I, I was getting calls I from the Cardinals really- to play.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they, like they were starting Craig Craig, Craig list, the quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like I think I really do think you're right. I think he is kind of a boring, especially when the park. In a PPR league, he's a borderline like low end wide receiver one.
0: Mhm.
1: I mean, like cuz how many guys each week can you bank on for like 6 for 80? Cuz kind of that's kind of what you're expecting as his as his kind of median outcome point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't have him in a lot of leagues because I kind of jumped on the John either. Brown bandwagon. huh? I don't either.
1: I don't either. I don't yeah. have many. I have a lot of Carson Palmer shares, but for some reason I didn't get enough. Yeah, I was too much on the John Brown, you know, lot of yeah. things.
0: Yeah, right. But I still think um, the funny John thing Brown is was- the last draft that I was in for the yeah. year, which is a local draft, my buddy yeah. is my co-owner. And we're sitting there, and I had drafted, there, um, drafted um, some good, some good starting, starting, quarterbacks, starting running backs. quarterbacks, running backs, and I had. We already had Antonio, we had Antonio Brown. We only start two, we only wide, start receivers, two wide receivers, wide um, receiver in a flex. Uh, in a flex, and he looks at me and says, "He looks at me and says, you, you, I really want to take Larry I really Fitzgerald." Want to take Larry Fitzgerald. And I chuckled, and, and I'm I like, chuckled, and I'm like said, fine, go ahead. Because I, like I don't like to really argue with Iona really Because if he breaks right. out, then I have to hear about it all year. And you're, so yeah, I said, and fine. You're, you're,
1: you're, co-ma- you're co-managing, right.
0: <laughs> right. So I said, fine, we'll, we'll take Larry Fitzgerald. So this past week, of course, I heard about what a great pick that was. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll give you that so far. It's week two. But, you know, if we win the championship, you know, if we're, if still win the championship we're still splitting your
1: money. So you leave that money. So you leave that money. <laughs> yeah
0: right exactly <laughs> um all right so let's switch over to tight ends. Yeah, we, we know, know grobkowski is great Gropkowski's we, don't have, great. we don't have to dwell on that uh we know uh, Jason we know is, is, is really good he's third really good. overall now there's he's a little overall. bit about him, little about him not about 100%, healthy. Healthy. 100% healthy Jason Witten hasn't missed Jason a game has since what 2006 uh, yeah
1: he's, he's 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 amazing I mean I I never doubted when they said he had ankle ankle injuries I said as long as that guy has ankles he's playing
0: yeah yeah, no. in fact, if he doesn't have ankles, he might just he might just put a block Tape of salt to his foot yeah. and run on it. Exactly. Yeah, but two guys that are well, there's actually three guys that are that they're up there that are kind of surprising. Uh, now I know a lot of people were high on Tyler Eifert. I wasn't. I um, wasn't. But now he's second in total points, two, two total point quality, quality, quality games. Does he continue to success? I mean,
1: I think he's a top top five or six fantasy tight end, I think it's almost approximate to kind of like what Kelsey did last year. It's just that his, his share of his offense is pretty strong. And it seems like he's the number two target. And right now we're seeing good Andy Dalton. I know you don't get that all the time, but I mean, I think Andy Dalton's kind of proven that when he has his full complement of guys, he's actually a a pretty capable fantasy quarterback, as much as we want to kind of like make jokes about him. So yeah, I mean, I think Eifert is, and also, I think Hugh Jackson is kind of one of these rare offensive coordinators that's pretty steady, like, game to game. Like, he's not mm-hmm. hes not like a Belichick where it all flies out the door based on the score. So, I right. don't know. I think Eifert's actually going to be 100 targets, which how many guys at tight end get 100 targets?
0: Right. Same question, different player. Eric Ebron pretty much was not even on the face of the earth last year playing in Detroit, even though he was hyped to death in the preseason. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's seventh in total two for two in quality games. Does he continue to have the same success, or is that a different setup in uh, in Detroit?
1: I think he's a. I think the thing the thing you're seeing with, um, with with Ebron is the need for a second red zone, you know, threat past you know Calvin Johnson because. You know, Golden Tate is nice and all, but he's not going to win any 50-50 balls. So, for right now, it it seems – now, again, like, he's kind of a lower-end situation than I think because he's not really the number two target on his team. But I don't think it's crazy. First of all, tight end so gross, kind of, you know, past Mm -hmm. the top five or six known names. Eric Ebron is going to be a top-12 fantasy tight end this year just based off of – he is a talent, right? He was the top-10 pick. I mean, that's a weird way Mm -hmm. to rationalize it, but – we're kind of right. seeing it, aren't we? He, he he looks like a wideout out there. He looks like Julius. Oh, yeah.
0: oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing. And, you know, obviously, everything I write about focuses on, on consistency. Quality game factor, Quality a game PR factor league, and a PPR tight and tight PR in, league for tight it end is It is a little over bit eight over 8.3. Eight eight, all right? Eight a week, all right? But week one, week there one, were 22 20 tight <laughs> ends. Now, normally, there's like 12. <laughs> there's like 12. The average right. is usually 12 over the year. About 12 tight ends will earn a quality game each week. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 16. Uh, it just, it floats, uh, it up just floats up first and down. Week, first week, there was 20. Second week, there were 23, week, there 23 quality game earners. Quality game okay. Earners. okay. So, you think, wow, uh, so you think, wow, tight ends are really consistent, are really consistent this, year, year, this year, except there's only been five, only five been guys who have been on that, on that list twice, twice. in the first right. two weeks. That's how inconsistent yeah. tight ends are. They can go from big game to little game real quick. And the only five that are up there,
1: Gronkowski,
0: Eifert, Witten, Ebron, and finally the guy I wanted to kind of leave last year, Jordan Reed is up there. He's fifth in total points, two for two, as a favorite of Kirk Cousins. Um, You know, when he's been healthy, he hasn't been a bad fantasy aspect. No, he, he's, he's actually, he's a stud. I mean, and he's
1: even really impressive just on tape. It's not like, yeah, he doesn't run like he doesn't, I think some people like Larry Donnell runs like a dad, you know, like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't, no, it's a, it's a funny line that people use for, for tight ends. It's true though. I right. mean, like he, he runs, he not runs right, like he he's running around the backyard. Whereas, you know, you look at these new breed athlete type guys and you know, he's one of them, you know, and he's, He's one of these guys, Reed, Reed just has never been healthy, like you said. So as long as he's healthy, mm-hmm. continue to start him. And for daily fantasy, he's almost in my lineup every week, you
0: know, if I'm not paying for Gronk. Right, right. No, definitely, right. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's look at some bad tight ends so far this year. One of them is already bitching and moaning in Seattle, and I think we kind of always <laughs> expecting this because everybody and their mother knew he was not playing for the New Orleans Saints anymore, and that's Jimmy right. Graham. Um, already... It, you know, it's out that he's unhappy. You know, and you know how that works. Ask you know, Percy Harvin. Ask Percy how, long Harvin. You, you how long you, you know, last with Seattle when you're not Seattle happy and you are put about it. it. Um, Is Jimmy, um, Graham get, <laughs> Jimmy Graham gonna get shown the door as well, or are they adjust the offense? Um, what What do you think's happening um, you think's in Seattle? Happening? And will Jimmy Graham become Jimmy a Graham viable become a fantasy, become fantasy option fantasy somewhere option down the, down, somewhere the down the road? Down the road. Yeah,
1: you know, I think like it's it's it was very strange to him only get two targets. You would think. You know, mm-hmm. but but it's it's strange. I mean, the same at the same time you bring up the Harvin thing, it actually kind of reminds me of Harvin. Very different players, but just in terms of how like this same Seattle regime really paid a price. You know, for Harvin, a mm-hmm. first round pick and the contract, and then for they paid a first round pick plus what you know the Pro Bowl center gave
0: up their their center. Max,
1: center. Yeah, Max Unger, and then they yeah. What I mean, yeah. what I mean is both times they paid this price, and both times they haven't really made a very big effort to carve out a unique space for that player. I'm not saying that's on, on the Seahawks altogether. It's just kind of strange to me that there's this like semi pattern forming where you pay a ton for this offensive weapon for Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And then you like never really use it. Now, look, the sample size again is small. I would still start Jimmy Graham as my tight end, but wouldn't you, if you owned him, if he has a two touchdown game, wouldn't you be floating offers to say, look, this is Jimmy Graham again.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, because again, um, you know the, the Seahawks you know, are kind like, of you know, like you know they, 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 kinda you know, like, like they kind of, of run their team like Bill runs the Patriots. They go with exactly. what's working. And, you know, if if Jimmy Graham's working, they're going to use him when he's and when if if Marshawn Lynch is running the ball well and the defense is playing well and they're winning, you know, winning you know, enough enough. So Jimmy Graham has a picture again. So in New Orleans, they always had to throw the ball. They really never had running back, so
1: it worked well, right? No, it's true, it's true, and like, it's just, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about the off-season stuff, and we like, try to assess what happens when people change. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't super down on Jimmy Graham, but I didn't end up with any shares, and I kind of warned no, people I off, didn't either. but at the same time, it's like, Bob, this isn't like a normal shift. This this went from the Saints had the second most passes in the league last year by two passes. They mm-hmm. almost had 700 passes last year, and then he goes to a team that had five had less than 500 passes. That's an amazing amount of... Just market yeah. share that's gonna be gone, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, 200 I mean two
1: hundred plus targets.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. and and yeah. you look at that and go, There's no way he could be close, but still most people were taking him after Gronkowski. Might have been a round. third round. Yeah. But exactly. still he was still going second and you know, guys like Eifert, you know, Ebron, Reed, Brown. Witten were going in the eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth rounds and somebody, they're all right up there, reads,
1: yeah. Like guys like reed were free basically you know
0: i was hey reed yeah jordan reed probably didn't yeah. get drafted mostly get drafted. I mean, you know i kind of forgot did. about him because you, you, i didn't know what the heck they were, them, they were doing in there
1: yeah you could have drafted them in kind of the defense kicker space and, and been fine you know so right
0: last kind one of a couple, no i hear you Last one, couple minutes left. Let's go to the bad side of tight end. Um, this yeah. guy's on a uh, number of my teams, and I'm not happy about not it. And that's Greg, about it. that's Greg Olson. Uh, this guy's yeah. usually yeah. Mister Consistency at tight end when there's usually not much consistency. Not much consistency. First, week, First week horrible. I think he had like two horrible points. Earned like quality, quality game last week. Had thirteen week. points. Had 13 points. Um, um, was, the week, the, one the week one just a fluke. One just a fluke. You know. I think
1: to, to to some extent it's a fluke. You know, I think, you know, it's not a very high-volume team. I think in some sense a lot, you're seeing a lot more of the read option from Cam Newton. So, not to say that completely cuts into Greg Olson, but I'm just saying the passing game in general, there's going to be games where Cam Newton doesn't throw the ball more than 20, 20 22 times by design mm-hmm. because he's going to be running the ball 10 to 12 times. So, I don't know how how much that actually – over the years, going to really hurt Olsen that much. I think but what he went, he had the most targets in his career last week, right? They just didn't catch many of them. But he had 15 right. targets or something crazy this last week. Yeah, so right. I think Greg Olsen is still fine. I think he's a buy low kind of guy. I, I don't think he mm-hmm. ever was going to take the leap. I don't think he was ever going to take the leap that people thought he would. I just think he's still – but he doesn't need to. He He's going to catch 75 balls, maybe like 950 to 1050 yards. And right. If, if he if, – I think the thing that would make Olson different, and I think you agree, would be if he started, if he could be like a 10-touchdown guy, that would put him in that next tier.
0: Right. Well, but like I said, you know, tight ends in general aren't very consistent. I mean, last year, no. out, other than Gronkowski, was 92%. The next one down was 70%, which was Delaney Walker, and Olson was 69%. Okay. So, you know, there's not a lot of consistency at tight ends. So if you can get something close to 70%, um, that's going to be valuable um so Olsen's always been that guy he's always been in that 65-70 range Witten's always been there um so you know those always been two, my two guys that I always like to have because they're old and people don't like to draft the old guys um so you know it it's always worked out well it was week 1 it just shocked me that you know that he only had 2 points i mean that even a bad week for him is usually 7 or 8 you know
1: <laughs> his his floor his floor is so stable which is what makes him attractive so
0: Right, exactly. You
1: know, I, I just think eventually, like, yeah, I think I just think the targets average out eventually, and you're looking at a he'll probably be second, you know, in targets at tight end. So,
0: right, yeah, no, you're right, and I think it'll play out as well. I just want to get your thoughts on if you saw anything different. So, well, Jim, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for spending an extra 15 minutes. Appreciate it. Uh, best of luck in the flex league, uh, except when you're playing me, which I don't know is when that will be. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> um, I know I play Ryan. I play Ryan Fowler this week from Fox. He was on last week with me. So uh, thanks again for being on. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and on ESPN, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll take uh, take take time out. Take time out.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, you can just find me underscore Jimmy McCormick. Somehow Jimmy McCormick was taken by a guy who has one tweet in like 2010.
0: Um, yeah. So is Bob, Bob You
1: know, it's, it's always nice. <laughs> But you know, uh, we don't have the brand awareness to demand our names back. But
0: exactly, you, know, oh, you should. You're um, at ESPN. You should be able to do that.
1: No, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping everybody out here has has a fun fantasy season. I think you have a good time with it. I think we remember that, like, you know, right. it's just really fun. To, it's really fun to do this as a hobby and to, and honestly, like, as much as we, we just have to be aware how fast it goes because it's already week yeah. three and it's going to go fast. So um yeah nah, it, there's it no there's no
0: question football fly by compared to baseball I mean I know it's much longer but it just seems like I blink and I'm halfway we're halfway through the season I'm like oh my gosh you know you know it, yeah. so it it goes quick uh, but it makes it fun each week it makes it fun to look forward to you know, it's nice. The games are Thursday night and Thursday Sunday and Sunday, and Sunday, Sunday night and, and, Monday. and Monday. And you know, I mean, I'm you waiting know, for the basically, put, for a basically put a Wednesday game on from Wednesday through Sunday, or through Monday. Sunday or Monday. And, you know, we only have to take Tuesday, off, to and take Tuesday off, picks off and our that, that quickly. Well,
1: well, I mean, even as an Eagles fan, I'm finding fun in fantasy this year. So, I wanted it? well, I've been a Browns fan you.
0: for uh, my entire life, so um, uh, um, I feel your pain. Hey,
1: you know exactly how it feels. So. Yeah. Um all right. Well I appreciate you having me on and, and yep. please have me on again this year.
0: I will. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having on. runs again, Jim McCormick, right. ESPN. And uh everybody uh thanks again, Jim, for coming on. Take care. All right, folks. Well thanks again to uh Jim McCormick from ESPN I'm on tonight talking a little bit about uh week two and uh just kind of talking about some players. I mean there's a lot of players uh that had some big weeks, so you know the whole thing about the consistency is just kind of pinning down who guys are going to? Which of these guys are going to stay consistent? Uh, will, will Matt Jones stay consistent? We'll find out tonight. Uh, they play tonight against the Giants here in about a half hour. Uh, so there's a lot of players out there to keep an eye on. So keep coming back here every Thursday night at seven o'clock, and we'll have uh, some some thoughts on who's consistent players and who you should be looking out for out there. Once again, thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I'm Bob Lung. Everybody have a great fantasy week. Good night.